You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to episode 315 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature regular contributor, artist, writer, musician, performer, Little Star Run, and we discuss record stores and psychedelics, cannabinoids, marijuana, International Marijuana Day, her music, collaborations, a desire to create, dystopias, unity, synchronicity. Yeah, a great conversation with Little Star Run. We have an EW essay titled Run and an essay by Gary Richardson titled It's a Flat Earth and a poem called Peruse. And, of course, as is always the case, all of this will be infused, imbued with the energy of several great tunes. So nice to have you with us. Let's get to it. Episode 315 of Troubadours and Tours.
run. Up Vine and on Wyoming, I see a man with a powder blue five-pronged pick in the side of his head. Interspersed with the fine, tight, and relatively short follicles of his afro. I wonder as I scribble this recollection down if there is an old soul listening somewhere on a back road in Washington State while driving a well-worn pickup truck, terrestrial radio. Or maybe in the Ozarks there are a couple of progressives streaming and via Bluetooth have us base-amping it through the factory-installed kick-ass stereo system. Peace and wisdom to you. Are we providing sustenance as well as a good time? Here is an opportunity for me to lay out the jam within the wavelength of a sublime-feeling rhyme. Just on time it occurred. A second more and the rhythm would have been off and the line could have been blurred. My speech slurred, as it were. Happy are we that have the privilege and opportunity to bask in the want of nothing short of our id's contentment. And thus said, we can therefore freely tread on a road less traveled, even if it is only in the confines of this collective radio head. Take it, little star, and run.
star run uh yes is this ew it is it's so nice to have you on the program again oh wow well thanks for having me um it's an honor as always oh it's our honor and pleasure for those of you who haven't uh, heard before little star run is a regular contributor on troubadours and rock on tourist she is among other things an artist a writer a musician and a performer and uh, we're going to talk with Little Star about, oh, several things. I, w- I want to get, first of all, reacquainted. How, how are things going? We haven't spoken in several months. Oh, well, things have been busy. Um, yeah, things are, things are good. A lot of new developments, and uh, I'm really excited for a lot of um, the artistic projects that I'm working on right now. Yeah, me too. Me too. We're going to get right into one right now. I know um, here's the way it's been shared with me, the the meta musical with a musician from Mexico. Tell us about that. (laughs) Uh, I I didn't realize uh, that's how it would come out. (laughs) Can you just say it again? That just sounded great. The meta musical with a musician from Mexico. Oh, very cute. Um, well, he's not just a musician from Mexico. Um, his name is Alexei Galar, uh, and he is a very talented composer, uh, musician, songwriter. And we, our story is kind of interesting because we met through a musician's collective, uh, through friends online, and we, we became accountability partners. That was our first uh, professional relationship. Um, What's that? What's that? Um, well, accountability is is really amazing um, in any kind of professional field. Uh, it's basically, you know, you have weekly or you know, bi monthly check ins with um, another peer about your work and your goals and what you're trying to achieve. Um, and it's a way to to keep each other motivated, 
and to give feedback and to offer resources um, and to just kind of expand the collective unconscious, you know, between artists and um, and provide more opportunities. So um, we would have weekly meetings on Skype. Uh, I needed an accountability partner uh, at the time. This was, you know, uh, back in the, I think it was, wow, when, when was that? It started quite a long time ago, almost a year ago. <laughs> um, you know, when I started getting very serious about recording my album, uh, and Alexei had already recorded uh, his first album, and so we became accountability partners uh, on that process. And um, it just blossomed into this other professional relationship where we decided, okay, let's work together. <laughs> you know, uh, we're so uh, compatible in so many ways uh, artistically. Why don't we just work together instead of working on our separate projects? So there was no um, uh, real problem with communicating. I guess, I don't know if you speak uh, Spanish. I'm assuming that uh, Alexei, uh, he speaks Spanish. Uh, so uh, was there any language barrier at first? Well, he also speaks English uh, and some German. He lived in Germany uh, for uh, about I think a year and um, you know so he's like trilingual <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm sort of like you know I'm bilingual obviously um, you know I speak Greek also but like uh, I've I've had Spanish I, I've taken Spanish in school so I can understand Spanish too but primarily we communicate in English but we do speak in Spanish sometimes for fun or our own made-up language which is a hybrid of many languages <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so you have never met each other before, though, in person? In person, no. Mm -mm. But we've been working together for about a year uh, on music uh, and, uh, and our accountability. Uh, and, and, and what is it? Um, uh, what kind of uh, song? Are you writing the music and he's writing the lyrics or uh, vice versa? Or a little bit of both for, for each of you? Um, it's a little bit of both for each of us. We're not um, curating the process in any way. We're just allowing it to unfold the way it's unfolding. So, like, if I have an idea musically, we're not going to be limited to, you know, okay, you're doing this part and I'm doing this part. You know, it's it, everything's open uh, for however it comes about. And do you find, you said you have an, an easy connection uh, as, as artists, as people. Um, with regard to the art that we're talking about, that connection is it is it um, easy because you you want to talk about or you want to explore the same themes in the in the substance of of your pieces or is it more about the styles of music or rhythms melodies? Um, well, our music is very similar but also very different at the same time. Uh, I feel like we. Um, complement each other's strengths and weaknesses uh, artistically. Uh, so his strong points might be some of my weak points and maybe vice versa. Uh, and that's also something we discovered in accountability is that like my strengths are fill out his weaknesses and vice versa. And so it's kind of this perfect combination, uh, you know, where we can um, really help each other uh, produce good work. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, he's coming up 
to be with uh, you in, uh, you know, right now from when we're talking in the next week or so. And you're going to work for a couple of weeks on this meta musical. Yes. Um, well, the meta musical, I, I mean, we're just coining that phrase uh, lately, but it started off as us working on an album together. And we wanted to write something about the current dystopian times that we're living in what do you mean what do you mean what are you talking about (laughs) everything's being made great again (laughs) oh god (laughs) um unfortunately so um you know these are some really big issues to tackle and they concern both of us as international artists who want to be able to relate and connect and move freely through the world and you know we promote unity uh over disconnection which you know a lot of the current establishments are just trying to further disconnect people from one one another and we felt it was very important for us um you know my being from the u.s and being from mexico to really um to make a commentary on uh, on what's been going on especially with the border wall with the you know the the refugee crisis, the immigration crisis, as they like to call it, it's not a crisis, you know, prevention of, of people uh, connecting to one another and immigrating and seeking out a better life. It, has it affected directly, Alexei, this whole, you know, immigration craziness from uh, 45's administration and, and the Republican uh, support of it? Well, I mean, I think it affects everyone psychologically, For of sure. course. Um, also, you know, you start to think, oh, what, what are my options? You know, if I, if I want to um, go and work in another country or, um, you know, study somewhere, like it, it starts to become limiting. And uh, I, I can't speak directly about his experience. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to speak for him uh, but I, I can say that definitely it's something that uh, we've talked about and that it, it affects all of us in, in, in some way. Yeah. I, I didn't know if, if he directly, if he shared with you that, you know, my family, myself, my friends have been treated poorly or like you know, in, in, you know, relation to the, the policies coming from the United States on immigration. Um, but psychologically and, you know, just... Being a citizen of of uh, Mexico and also uh, part of North America, uh, we are affected. You know, he's affected. I'm sure by this mentality. So you guys are getting together, and this meta musical or whatever it ends up being is is going to address it. Yes, um, like I said, it 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 started off as an album and music. Uh, you know musical project but then we somehow became characters in a theatrical work along with this album i'm it's hard to explain how it happened <laughs> but there we sort of started to embody or represent these different characters just through the things that we were talking about the things we were experiencing our creative process and uh, theatrical work was born out of this album uh, creation so it's really interesting 
the way it happened. I never set out to, you know, write something theatrical surrounding this. It just occurred. And so we decided, wow, let's just go with it. And you want to stage it. You want to share. Are, are you <clears throat> basically these characters that are coming uh, to fruition, that are coming alive, they are dealing with struggles related to immigration, to, you know, why they might want to immigrate, I suppose, or what happens when they try to immigrate. Or I'm not sure. I'm just totally guessing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but, um, well, I, I, I don't want to give away the, you know, the whole scenario, the whole plot or anything like that. Uh, but it is... I, I would say the theatrical work is more representative. Uh, it's going to be dealing with it. It's not modern. It's not going to be this time. It's it's set in a separate place uh, that sort of we created in our minds. Um, which also which also uh, the album is the same. You know, it, we're we're speaking in a representative way. Uh, we're not directly representing something. It's metaphorical. So, but what is it representing? Humanities, you know, man's inhumanity. Uh, uh, what is it representing? Um, well, the the desire for certain powers to keep people disconnected to. Um, to create conflict, to uh, diminish cultural sharing, to to create false identities, to to separate, to discourage and eliminate empathy. Um, we're, we're, we want to speak about those very essential human traits that connect us and how those will override all of those efforts. And you think they will? You think uh, all the good stuff that they're trying, they being the powers that uh, right now are wielding the negative policies and attitude and trying to spread it throughout the masses, uh, you think despite their efforts to, to keep us from being connected and, uh, and, and uh, such that we, we, will, we will prevail and, 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 and behave and exist uh, more closely to our better angels, as uh, as Abraham Lincoln once said. Well, you know me. That's what I always like to believe. <laughs> um, I, I, I truly hope that that is the shift that is occurring in humanity, and I feel, I feel that it is. I just feel that you know that that there are some opposing forces and there there's a lot of um you know neg negativity that needs to be worked out uh within people within themselves and uh people just need to believe in something better and i know that sounds a little bit you know hippie but it's true people just really need to believe that there's a better reality and not the one that has been created um well you, we, you, go ahead i'm sorry Oh, well, it's that. It's just, you know, if you think about any act of creation, right, this is also what our album has to deal with is, like, the the creative process. Um, you know, you can't imagine it exactly as it's going to be in the beginning. Or you, you have to, you have to, you have to 
uh, go beyond yourself in order to create something that hasn't that that hasn't been created before or that you didn't think was possible. You know, and any idea that's ever been groundbreaking has occurred in that way. Someone thought, oh, wow, maybe this will be better, you know. Oh, and, maybe I, I can improve this in some way. And now you're talking about your own art. Are you talking about how we as individuals and also then collectively, how we can transcend this negative sort of uh, period of, of uh, in, in a large, to a large extent, uh, uh, with regard to how we look at the, the other or how we try to define people as others or, you know, how we try to exclude and such. Are you saying... We the only way we're going to get there as a people uh, is if we we are bold enough uh, to to look at the possibilities of a, a different approach that are that is better, kinder, and such. Or are you talking about your art? Um, both, definitely both. Yeah, um, I'm I'm just talking about the creative process in general, but that also could be represented on a, a macro scale within, you know, humanity and, and anything that humans uh, bring about into into the world, you know, and any type of creative act, any thought, any production of anything, uh, any connection. Those are all creative processes. So, um, It's all art, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's all meta. Everything's a meta musical now. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole. This is part of it. This is just one small scene, right now. Our conversation. <laughs> it, it, this could end up in the play, you know, because that's how meta musicals work. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I love it. We're talking to Little Star Run here on Troubadours and Rock On Tours, one of our regular contributors, and uh, let's. I, well, you know, good luck uh, and have fun. Uh, I uh, wish you guys the best on this project. And, and now I want to shift gears a little bit. I, I know you wanted to talk about uh, Record Store Day and you wanted to talk about a psychedelic show and synchronicity. Any one of those things in particular you want to grab onto at this moment? Oh, well, we can. Well, okay. Well, Record Store Day is tomorrow. Um, yeah, by the time this is aired, it'll already have passed. It's uh, April 13th is the Record Store Day. Is that a national thing? It's an international uh, holiday um, that celebrates uh, the record store experience and artists and artists' uh, particular releases, uh, you know, on vinyl. Um, not, on, not only vinyl, but in, in general, um, you know, uh, different types of media and it occurred the first time in 2008 uh and has since yeah become a, a annual and sometimes biannual uh event sometimes they have them on um black friday as well uh but primarily it's in it's a holiday that occurs in april and uh there will be musical events all over uh the the world really I think the only place that it's not uh, represented is Antarctica, but maybe we can change that at some point. I mean, there needs to be a record store in uh, Antarctica. I wonder if it's <laughs> happening in North Korea or something. <laughs> That's something to look into. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is my understanding that it's uh, pretty much everywhere on every continent, wherever there's a record store, which is really exciting. You are listening to Troubadours and Rock on Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. So for you, you mentioned the record store experience. How would you describe that? What is the record store experience? 
Oh, something that is probably disappearing for a lot of people uh, in this digital age. But, you know, going to your local record store, physically handling, touching the records, the CDs, the tapes, uh, looking through the artwork, connecting with other record store uh, goers. Um, yeah, you know, it's just more of a, like a, a physical uh, experience than clicking on a file and opening uh, a sound file that m might not be um, of the best quality, you know, because sometimes digital sound files, they lose a lot of their um, properties and resolution, you know, when they're converted. So it's a... Uh, Analog, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a, a different experience. I remember when I was a kid going to uh, record stores, uh, many of them, there's one in particular that used to be downtown Scranton. I don't know if you recall this one, because you're a bit younger than me. It might be uh, before your time, but it was called Electric Mineshaft. Um, oh, wow. I have a story about the Electric Mineshaft. <laughs> yeah. Does that have something to do with cannabis? <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, the electric mine shaft. Uh, <laughs> that place was excellent to go to. You know, uh, the, the music. That's how I was turned on to Stevie, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I remember oh, what with exciting. the. Oh yeah, it was wonderful. I went in there with a friend of mine on a Saturday afternoon. We were high school kids, you know, maybe maybe older, uh, eighteen, nineteen, and uh, and I, I was just looking through the the records and I, on the uh, record store sound system was this wonderful music, you know, and it was one song after another. Obviously, it was an album. And after uh, listening for about thirty minutes, I went up to the owner and I said, "Hey, man, what what do you have on the stereo system?" He said, "Stevie Ray Vaughan couldn't stand the weather. New album just came out." I'm like, "Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I'd like to buy it." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was great. You know, that, that kind of stuff is, is what you get at a, at a record store, you know? And oh, I, definitely. Hearing new releases, yeah, hearing something in the store and then having a great conversation with, the, you know, the um, person who's working there. Yeah, um, well, I also at that same place. I ended up dating this wonderful woman for about a year. She used to work there. That was one of the reasons <laughs> I went, you know? You can't that's get awesome. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a great place, but you can't get that online. You know, no. not really, not that experience, no way. Wow, yeah, record stores are great places to to date. Sure, you meet you meet people <laughs> who are into music. Um, that's 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 a a great image there. Um, <laughs> so so record store day, you're going to be playing at probably was it Embassy? Embassy Vinyl yeah. mm -hmm. with a lot of other really great uh, artists uh, and bands. Um, Sierra Croneman, uh, Sweet Nest, E57, Idolizer, um, and then my band, Little Star Run. So um, we're really excited about that. Um, but there are events all over in every city. Anyone who's listening to us right now can find a record store day event in their in their city, hopefully. Well, again, by the time this is aired, Record Store Day would have passed. But next year, they can keep it on their ra on their radar, in their mind, Record Store Day. And is it always April 13th, or do they change that? Do you know? Um, I know it was initially April 19th, uh, but it has been around the same time, like either the 13th or the 19th, kind of uh, pretty consistently. So, um, and, and then soon after that, you have... International Marijuana Day, 420, right? Yes, yes, 420. Um, and I'm involved uh, in a really 
great psychedelic show at the Keys uh, in downtown Scranton um, with uh, really amazing bands, uh, Kalima and the Garland of Arms, and another a wonderful psychedelic band called Roksuk uh, that's from the Poconos, and uh, and that's going to be pretty amazing. We're really psyched about that. What are you gonna are you, are you gonna be psychedelic about that? What are you gonna do? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess you, you got to presume that people will be stoned. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, there's also the cannabis festival occurring. Um, you know, parallel. I think I I can't remember where it's. I think it might be Neog. Neog, yeah, Neog Park, a beautiful park in, in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania in Scranton, and they've been having a cannabis festival there for years now. Um, yeah, it's a pretty big festival. So uh, Scranton will be stoned on that day, as many cities will be. Some, <laughs> some it'll be legal uh, to be stoned. Others, it'll be illegal. In, in our neck of the woods, it's illegal unless it's a medicinal uh, purpose. Um, so do you, do you have any thoughts about uh, cannabis and psychedelics as to how they uh, can help a, or maybe hurt a human being? Um, well, everyone's experience is different. Uh you know, I, I deal with a um, neurological issue, a chronic pain, and, uh, you know, some cannabis products have proved very helpful uh, when other conventional medicine uh, hasn't. Uh, and I feel that, that that's something that, you know, large pharmaceutical companies are trying to um, control you know, they want the legalization of marijuana, but they want to be the ones controlling it, and they actually want to start charging an arm and a leg for it, just like every other drug, you know? So the, this is something that I feel maybe we need to prevent, <laughs> uh, allowing people to have the option, uh, you know, where it's not uh, regulated in such a way where it's, it's just going to become another thing for someone else to profit from, Right. you know? Right, you should be able to grow it in your in your yard or something. It's, uh, you know, a certain number of plants for for self use. That's usually the way they they help uh, keep the drug companies from being the middle person. Uh, you know, in your purchase or your uh, you know your use of, of of marijuana. But you can you you know sometimes <laughs> it's ironic. I'll be in the doctor's office and they'll they'll have some of those daytime talk shows on you know, the waiting room uh, television or something. And there always be somebody talking about the dangers. Oh, somebody, you know, this person, uh, you know, had an adverse reaction or, oh, you might not know what's in those, uh, that, that CBD that you're buying, you know, and it's like the scare tactic. Uh, that's like the, the, the television is for that, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and then all the older folks who are retired who are sitting home watching it, they're getting fed this, this misinformation. And then that just you know, perpetuates the problems that uh, are unnecessary to try, again, ma to make uh, cannabis, cannabinoids, hemp, whatever, uh, uh, an alternative, a healthy alternative to people's uh, self-care. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. Kitty Bell and I, another one of our regular contributors, we, a few weeks ago we talked about just the same subject. Um, so you, you two guys would be fun to hang out with together. I think we're going to have to have a little party, maybe, uh, bake some goods. You know, she's good at baking. Um, we'll have a, we'll have a troubadours and rock on tours, uh, uh, uh fest, um, and, uh, invite for all of our listeners. Yeah. 420 <laughs> fest. We'll, do, we'll have to, we'll have to do it for next year. It's too soon to get that going. 
Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> I'm I'm totally down for that. That sounds wonderful. Excellent, excellent. Um, now we only have a few minutes left. I want to give you an opportunity to talk to about your your uh, sense of synchronicity as of late. Oh, well, um, I think I've always been a person that's been uh, maybe a little bit more in tune to synchronicity. Um, I feel like my life has just been one long um, unfolding of synchronistic events. Um, a lot of really amazing things have happened for me where I can't really explain how. they. I was just in the right place at the right time, you know, and... Uh, and I feel, I don't know, recently I started reading a lot more about it because it was something I wanted to maybe get more control of instead of it just being such a random kind of occurrence. But um, the thing with synchronicity, too, is that, you know, you can you can try to make yourself more in tune to it, uh, but it's still up to the chaotic laws of the universe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you know, with synchronicity, a lot of times it's understanding why things are happening. You know, like maybe you didn't get into that car because it was going to crash 20 seconds later. You know, something prevented you. It's, it, it's being in tune to like more subtle energies uh, that are trying to to guide your life experience. And it, and it's is it instinctual uh, the synchronicity or is it something spiritual? Is what do you think it is? Is it uh, just waves that your mind, if 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 you're predisposed or maybe touched, you can can uh, uh, sense and, and communicate with? What do you what do you think? Um, well, this is a direct quote from. Uh, this book I'm actually reading on, on synchronicity, it says, Synchronicity is the granddaddy of all paranormal phenomena, telepathy, precognition, clairvoyance, and remote viewing. Um, so, a lot of people believe there is a spiritual aspect to it. Um, a lot of other people maybe don't buy into that aspect, but maybe have it has it more on like a quantum level, more like on an energetic, uh, physical level, you know? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I, I experience it probably on an energetic level that has some spiritual, uh, elements to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Something like that. Um, because you know, it's, it, it's about, uh, really tuning into the guidance uh, all around you. Um, you know, one, one thing you can do to tune into synchronicity is to start to be aware of patterns that appear around you. Um, or, you, you know, you can even try just saying like, okay, I'm, I'm going to notice a particular object and I'm going to ask that object to appear whenever I need guidance or a symbol let's say a lot of people use a symbol so if you were trying to make a decision you could say um, well uh, maybe a butterfly will appear when I need to make a decision or something and um, I know a lot of a lot of times it will <laughs> it works for uh, you yeah so you um, know then at that moment what's in your head is the thing to decide 
yeah, that, okay, this is the right direction. Or, I mean, I don't know if you've had any personal experience in, experiences with synchronicity. Yes, I, I have. I think I have. Yeah. I think I've had too many to even talk about because a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll be really stuck in something and I won't really see the way out and then something synchronistic will occur and then I will, I will see a path um, before me that I didn't see before. And it's pretty miraculous. Well, I, I think, you know, when we met a few years back, it was all a synchronicity. I really do. I'm not saying that just to be funny or what have you. We, we met in an odd way through a project, through different people. And we connected and we stay connected and it's wonderful for me. But we, but we also, we became friends on Facebook while I was living in Greece before I even meet, moved back to the U.S., which is weird. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, but that's because of mutual friends I guess on Facebook, but I didn't feel connected so much, you know. Oh, that, neither did I. It was just one of those things where I was like, "Oh, okay, interesting." And right. it wasn't there was no energy behind it, but there was. And that energy, you know, it it seemed to play out in such a way where it's like, "Oh, wow, okay, we're going to be collaborators." And you know, it but I would have never thought that living in Greece and just be clicking on a, a friend uh, request or an ad friend thing, you know, right? On that exactly. Social media. That was the first moment, maybe, you know, of it, and we didn't realize. Yeah, but see, that's a synchronistic event. That's yeah. um, something you can't explain. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's always a joy talking with you, little star run. I, that's it, though. That's all of our time for this go round. We'll buy, we'll buy again so quickly. Oh well, it was a wonderful conversation. Um, oh. thank, thank you for having me uh, oh, on the show. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure having you. And uh, uh, if people want to check out your music, they can go to, they can type in Little Star Run, all one word, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Little Star Run. And she has some great tunes. And uh, check out where she's going with the, the uh, musical and uh, different events. If you're in, in the area that we live in, northeastern Pennsylvania or northeastern United States, maybe you can check out some of her events. Uh, if not, you're going to have to, just uh, get by on what you can download. <laughs> In the digital age. Well, hopefully there'll be a physical record store release, uh, you know, within this year, too, for my album. That, that will be something great. Oh, yeah. Keep us posted on that. Definitely. And we'll see you out and about, maybe at one of those events you mentioned. Thank you again so much for being on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Oh, thank you so much, EW. It was a pleasure. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Well, I see you got your brand new leopard skin pure box hat. Yes, I, I see you got your brand new leopard skin pure box hat. Well, you must tell me, baby, how your head feels under something like that. Under your brand new leopard skin pure box hat. Looks so pretty in it. Honey, can I jump on it sometime? Yes, I just wanna see if it's really the expensive kind. Uh, 
know it balances on your head just like it matches balances on a bottle of wine. Your brand new leopard skin pill box hat. Well, if you wanna see the sunrise, honey, I know where. Uh, we'll go out and see it sometime. We'll both just sit there and stare. It's A Flat Earth by Gary Richardson, written for the April 8th, 2019 edition of the New Yorker magazine. I recently watched Behind the Curve, a new Netflix documentary about the community of people who believe that the earth is flat rather than spherical, with the expectation that I'd sit back and have a laugh at the expense of the flat earthers. But I was wrong. I was totally swayed. Here are the four major arguments that shifted my thinking. I have a feeling that they will change yours as well. Number one, standing on the ground and staring straight ahead, I can't see the curve of the earth. If our planet were round, surely the buildings in the distance would begin to slant, no? Number two, the government has proved time and time again that it is willing to lie to the American people in order to keep us docile and ignorant. Why can't this be just another ploy by the rich and powerful to keep us oppressed? 3. In 1998, while on tour, the science bad boy Bill Nye found himself at a diner in Chicago's uptown neighborhood. He ordered only a black coffee and puffed cigarette after cigarette. He dropped a $60 tip on a $1.50 check, flashed the waitress a smile, and invited her out. She told him that she had to finish her shift. Bill looked around at the empty diner and said, Come on, lock it up. Let's go downtown. Completely smitten, she fell under his spell. Soon they were in a cab and he was showing her the high life. She had never experienced such extravagance. As the night turned into day, they found themselves in his penthouse. He gave her a kind of pleasure that she'd never known was possible. 
When she awoke several hours later, he was gone, off to a new city, a new girl. My wife returned to me that afternoon, a changed woman. She left me for good a few days later, saying that she had been spoiled rotten, and my, quote, broke ass had nothing to offer her. She took the kids, the dog, and my ability to reconcile the world I was living in. Certainly, if the earth were round and we were governed by the scientific laws we've been taught since childhood, this menace would not have been able to torpedo in and reduce my life to ruins, right? Four, the flight patterns in the southern hemisphere make no sense. Why aren't there more direct flights straight from Australia to South America?
Corpus Christi moon at the zoo while I sit on the wall of the lion's den and peruse my memories so steeped in self-loathing, self-serving sentiment to the soundtrack of Almost Blue. The shape you're in Finger on your eyebrow And left hand on your hip Thinking that you're such a lady killer Think you're so slick Well, all right Que te quiero, pero usted me quita todo. Ya me robaste mi televisión y mi radio. Ahora quiero llevar mi carro. No me haga así, Rosita. Ven aquí, hey, usted que es al lado, Rosita. Oh. And there you have it, episode 315 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend, regular contributor, Little Star Run. I also would like to thank the essayist, Gary Richardson, I also would like to thank these musical guests. Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Prince, Zero Seven, Raphael Sadiq, Hot Eight Brass Band, Mink DeVille, Terence Blanchard, and Brentford Marsalis, too. It's so nice to 
know you're out there listening. Until next week, let's give it a go and try to enjoy this one.